This is Jill Janice of Huntress, and you're listening to Signal to Noise. Hey, what's up? This is Evan. This is Mario. And we're from Thrown into Exile. And you're listening to Signal to Noise. This is Ben Wyman from the Dillinger Escape Line, and you're listening to Signal to Noise. You are listening to a presentation of the Cast Iron Ring Network. For more great content like this, head to castironring.com, your number one source for the best music podcasts on the net. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 20 of the Signal to Noise podcast. I am back in my home studio, and uh, tonight's episode is being recorded with my Blue Yeti microphone. Uh, got that rolling. I always like to talk about my process and things that I'm using here. Sometimes even just for my own reference. So when I listen back, I say, huh, why did that sound like that? So anyway, guys, um, we got a lot of things going on uh, this this episode. So, heck, let's just get right into things. All right, so uh, first up, ironcityrocks.com. Check it out. Uh, me and Sean. Sean's been on this show before, and Sean also does interviews and things for Iron City Rocks. Um, you know, along with John. Um, John sent Sean and I to the Mayhem Festival here in Pittsburgh a couple weeks back. We got to talk to a bunch of bands and check things out. So we've got pictures up. Episode 208 of the Iron City Rocks podcast is going to be all about that show and the wrap-up and a bunch of interviews that we did. So definitely check those guys out. A couple call-outs for me band-wise would have been the band Huntress. Um, I absolutely love that band. Jill Janice just impresses the heck out of me with her musicianship and her dedication. I mean, Huntress has been her baby for a couple years, and she has really, really worked for it. And, and she just delivers 110% when she performs. The whole band does. It's really, really great show. And then there's a surprise band for me. Um, that was Thrown to Exile. I really, I, I didn't know anything about them. Got a call to interview them. Like, hey, yeah, we'll talk to anybody. We'd love to interview people. And um, I go to see them. I'm like, man, who are these guys? Like, these guys come out. You would have thought they'd been playing together for years. You'd think they'd have like a 10-year career behind them easy, the way they take that stage. And then you find out they're a relatively young band. This is their first tour leaving California. Um, and they don't even have label support yet. That was something, right? So Throw in Exile, that is a band to check out and watch. Um, they've got a Facebook page, no website yet. Uh, guys, you got to get a website. You know, Facebook's good, but it only takes you so far. But so definitely uh, check those guys out. Thrown into Exile. Look them up. Just search for their Facebook page. You'll find it. All right. So I've been talking a lot about the germ. Uh, The germ was a pedal that, um, well, I had on the inventor, Caleb Cook, a while back. And we talked, um, you know, about the, the, the pedal, about the campaign that was going on, the Kickstarter campaign. We were trying to help promote the junk punch that he he had going to try and get more people for that one. That one was not successful, but the germ was. And I finally got my germ pedal in the mail. Finally got my, um, got sit down with it because I I got in the mail and then immediately had to leave. Like I was traveling, didn't have any time to to mess with it at all. So I do have some samples of it. I do like the pedal a lot. Um, They will not be on this episode. They will be on a future episode. I'm actually putting that one together on my iPad because it gives me a little bit more freedom for recording there. And I learned a couple things about recording when I was putting that one together too. So there's some good things about that. So that'll be coming out. Now, speaking of Kickstarter projects, there's another Kickstarter project I've got my eye on. It's called Firefly Picks. 
And this is basically a motion activated light sensor pick. Um, I'll be kind of interested to, to see where this goes um, and find out more about it. Like as I watch the video, it makes me think of the light up drumsticks and light up drumsticks make sense. You know, you can have something that's gonna light up when you hit it. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I actually got a few sets for my daughter for her birthday. She's only two, but she loves to drum. And, you know, light up drumsticks for a little girl who likes to drum, great thing. So I'm kind of looking at this guitar pick like it might be something along that lines. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops. So definitely check that on out on Kickstarter. Uh, Firefly Picks. Firefly Picks. Picks. Really, really good thing there. All right, so new music. Man, um, I've been getting a lot of new music lately. Obviously, I picked up the new Huntress record, um, Starbound Beast. Great disc. Great disc. Slight departure. Um, a little, I guess maybe, I don't want to say departure, I guess. Um, it's a progression from the first record. You know, you can tell they're really starting to get comfortable with each other as musicians and they're maturing in their writing. So we got a lot of good stuff there. I mentioned already that I picked up the Throne into Exile EP when I was at um, the Mayhem Festival. That's a solid disc. Um, I got some new Perfery, if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, have not had a chance to listen to it yet, but um, I got two discs. I was at the Sumerian Records tent checking out what they had because um, their labels with Dillinger. Dillinger's also on uh, Sumerian Records. I've got the new Dillinger, uh, One of Us is the Killer, and that is a great disc. That is a great disc. Um, the my 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 just. Takeaway song there is the uh, how is it how I lost my bet. It's the second track. I don't have the track listed in front of me. I'm embarrassed right now, but um, it's the second track. It's just got this Miles Davis meets Black Flag kind of approach. So fantastic disc. Um, lots of good stuff on there, and we're going to talk to Ben about making that disc here coming up in our interview. So we'll get to that here in a little bit. Okay, so you guys know I love effects pedals. Um, I've really, really been all about finding new effects pedals and checking things out. So I was in Barnes & Noble, and I saw one of the UK import magazines, The Guitarist Guide to Effects Pedals. So it's put out by Future Media, who I think actually now does publish Guitar World in the States, too, if I'm not mistaken, or at least Revolver, maybe. Not sure how that works. Um, so it's $13.99 because it's an import here for the States. And if you're thinking that's steep for a magazine... Don't think of it as a magazine. Think of it as a, an oversized paperback. Um, this is just full of glossy pages of wonderful effects, vintage effects, um, new effects. It has explanations of effects. They rate their top 100 effects for different tones and things. It's really, really a solid uh, magazine. So definitely pick that up if you're into effects. Um, and without further ado, I guess let's start talking about Ben. All right, so Ben Wyman, the Dillinger Escape Plan. Dillinger, as um, Rock over on the Radioactive metal, metal Show calls them, apparently are classified as math metal or math core. What that means, I don't know. <clears throat> uh, I got to interview Ben. We didn't have a lot of time. I really wanted to ask him about the math metal thing. We didn't get to touch on it too much. Um, but so you call them math metal. I call them jazz metal. I, I find it very progressive, very jazzy. I, I see them taking a lot of the elements of the freeform jazz. Like, like I was telling Ben in the interview, I hear a lot of the Miles Davis kind of blue record kind of influences coming through to what they're doing. You know, and I love hearing it in a metal format. Um, 
it's intense. It's really intense. I'm a big fan of this this, this disc. I've been listening to a lot of their stuff about 24-7. I've just been on a big kick to listen to everything I can Dillinger, so I'm really, really enjoying them. So uh, Ben was nice enough to come on the show, talk about his new guitar, and um, yeah, a little bit of gear here. So let's get into my interview with Ben. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the show Ben Wyman of the Dillinger Escape Plan. So Ben, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, man. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. No problem. So I want to talk to you, you know, about um, a lot of the gear and things that you use, because Dillinger has quite quite an intense and interesting guitar sound. But I want to start with, how did the concept of the Dillinger Escape Plan come together? And I mean, by concept, I mean the musical concept, because at the time you guys were putting together your sound, there weren't a lot of other acts doing anything like what you guys wanted to do. Right. Well, I mean, I think it was a combination of things. Um, for one, we were, were in the underground hardcore and punk scene, um, which was kind of at the time really, there wasn't a lot of diversity within it. You know, a lot of the aggressive bands in the punk and hardcore side of things were only kind of doing the three chord type of uh, chugga chugga E. And then the, um, you know, the real death metal bands were just kind of like, starting to really just do the same formula stuff and it didn't really seem like it had a lot of like real emotion behind it and stuff like that. So we were kind of these fans who were in, you know, grew up with death metal, grew up with punk and hardcore, diffusion and jazz and um, loved the old, loved the, uh, the ethic of the old ground scene where people were doing new things and creating paradigm shifts and pushing boundaries and people out and making, making, you know, creating new, new genres and new, subculture so what we realized is that is we really did have to combine all our influences and create something new um, in order to get that same effect um, which is what because a lot of people weren't used to hearing music like that and so by nature it was kind of jarring and it was different it was polarizing and that's really all we ever wanted to do and and since then after you know making a lot of happy accidents and kind of figuring out what works for us and what doesn't we've started to just kind of create a vocabulary uh, like a Dillinger vocabulary that uh, enables us to make records, you know. Uh, and I'm glad you mentioned that jazz fusion because I hear a lot of jazz elements when I sit and listen to your records. So, like, what was your background as a musician? Because, I mean, like, the death metal, punk, hardcore, that's kind of the, the on-the-surface obvious to a, mm-hmm. probably most listeners. So how did you get the jazz fusion background in well, your... initially, I honestly... Yeah, initially, I wasn't into, like, technically guitar playing at all. My first... I mean, I was a, a Strat guy playing a Fender, you know, amp and a Fender guitar, playing Stevie Ray Vaughan and, you know, Eric Clapton and stuff like that. And then I got into metal and hard, so I had to kind of up my um, my licks and skills a little bit. But then, um, at the same time, I really heavily got into fusion stuff, like King Crimson and Mahavishnu Orchestra, like that. And um, that was really what made me want to make eclectic music, that... Um, doesn't really have any boundaries. Oh, and, and I really think that comes across, especially with the new record, um, One of Us is the Killer. Like, the um, second track, and the name is escaping me, oh, um, When I Lost My Bet. Okay. That that track, like, I love, like, that, that kind of jazz drumming, and that also reminds me of, like, like a Black Flag song at the same time. Like, you, That's you awesome. That Thank jazz you. element, you know? I, and I, well, I love that. Like, yeah, I, I mean... You know, that, well, yeah, no, I mean, the, a song like that definitely represents, like, all the dynamics that we like to put in our music, which really represents, I guess, how scatterbrained and schizophrenic our brains are and how we think. 
So it's uh, it's as real as it can get for us. That's one of my favorite tracks on the album. Like I said, like it, there's so many elements. I think of Black Flag. I think of um, the Miles Davis record, Kind of Blue. I don't know if you're a fan of that oh, record cool. or not, but that, that comes yeah. to mind when I listen to that. So yeah, I love that stuff for sure. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about your new guitar. You have an ESP uh, LTD X-Tone series that you're, um, I guess, working on. It's on the prototype stages. Yes. Yes, um, it's, it's great, man. I pretty much just wanted to make the guitar for me, and I was playing an X-Tone on semi-hollow body, and I had, like, the regular kind of Horizon and just uh, kind of metal USB guitar in my arsenal as well. I found myself at home really using the semi-hollow body a lot for recording and doing all my other stuff. Um, but it just it just with a few elements enabled me to really utilize it well live. So that was part of uh, you know the, the signature. It's kind of incorporating those things, you know, having full scale neck, making a neck through some different kinds of woods, uh, different pickups that enabled me to also play the consistent metal tone that I'm used to playing mostly live and uh, but it also has the diversity of the uh, of the X-Tone so what drew you to the hollow body because you know before you've been primary, primarily a solid body player um, mm. and this is definitely a different set of, set of tones there what, what drew you into that for metal uh, well for one I just you know in general all metal guitars pretty much look the same <laughs> I, think that's yep. I, th- I think that's bad. I think the fact that, um, you know, punk and hardcore are supposed to be a genre that pushes limits and, and tries to be different. It was always something that was supposed to be still always like the genre that was different. You know, that it wasn't like you were going to play the guitar that looked like your dad's guitar. You know, it was, it was, they were always trying to do things differently. And it seemed like after many years of becoming popularized and punk becoming popularized, um, people just became complacent with standards. And um, at the end of the day, um, what we always tried to do behind our genres and combine ideas and combine all these things in a way that would work in one solid idea. And that's really what the guitar is. Um, I've done some f- freeform jazz gigs at like John Zorn's club. And, um, you know, that, I found that when I played that guitar, just the different pickup options and all that stuff, and even sometimes just sitting around playing unplugged acoustically, that semi-hollow body really came in handy. Uh, it also um, takes a little bit of the real estate out of the part of the guitar and makes it a little lighter, which helps me. But um, having the neck through and the rest of it being solid wood, um, you know, keeps the keeps the um, keeps it you know sounding what sounding uh, pretty heavy as well. So. Now, I'm, I'm curious about the Evertune Bridge. So I didn't even mm-hmm. know about the Evertune Bridge until I heard about your guitar. Um, so can you tell us a little cool. bit about how you discovered it, and then what does that do for your tone? Because I would think it's adding mass, so it might be adding sustain. It is. It is adding sustain to the guitar, for sure. Like with the battle. Yeah. And it definitely affects it to some degree. Um, but the greatest thing, I, I first heard about it because our producer, Steve, sent me a link to this thing. And it's like, check out this video. He's like, you're not going to believe it. It seems unbelievable. Uh, he's like, you got to reach out to these guys because you're the perfect guy to try this out. Because, um, you know, live I'm so active. It's very hard to keep my guitars in tune. Sometimes it's just from shaking them around so much. Sometimes it's from being in different climates, really, you know, playing festivals and humid conditions. And sometimes it's literally falling on or jumping crowd or 
you know, <laughs> doing a flip onto my face and hitting my chicken tags and like going out of tune. All that yeah. stuff can happen within seconds of a, of, a, of a set starting. So that's always been difficult for me. Um, so when I found out about this mechanical based bridge that stayed in tune, that's really, you know, where I started investigating. No, so so with the with the Evertune, like you know, once once I found your guitar, then I went and started looking it up, and it looks like a really interesting system. I want to I want to learn more about that. So, I mean, you're yeah. you're getting the mass, you're getting that that mechanical aspect into the guitar, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all those things are going to add to your tone. Now, so sure. I guess you you also use the EMG pickup. So I'm curious, why EMG? Well, I mean, I do use. Uh, or I don't always only use the uh, EMGs, but live, I found that considering we're always in so many different conditions, sometimes we're renting gear overseas that's not consistent. Sometimes there's different frequency things or the, the um, electricity effects of how much juice you're getting to your amp. I found that using those EMGs is the most consistent situation regardless of those circumstances. So it's all about just um, you know consistency and uh, convenience, really. Um, and it's also, you know, having active pickups like that for um, our music, which is primarily aggressive and abrasive. Uh, it seems to add to that kind of definition and attack that um, that we're used to having in our music. Nice, nice. Yeah, and, and you know, I I I, um, I gotta agree. It is nice to have something that you know you can plug in and trust and count on. Yeah. I mean, when I first started, the next first was. Uh, I didn't even really ever have guitars. I mean, we were really poor. We didn't have gear. And I broke equipment so often from just having such an active stage show that I would literally have to, between shows, just stop at some guitar store and buy a used guitar. Um, Wow. You know, like, so, I mean, we would take all our money we made from the show and and just try and buy gear. And I didn't even own my own amp. I would borrow an amp every show from one of the other bands. So what I would do is I'd often be walking around with just this EMG in my pocket and putting it into whatever guitar I could find. Oh, wow. And, um, <laughs> and that's really what got me on to using the EMGs because it was, it did help make, you know, your circumstances a little more consistent even when you're not in the uh, optimal <laughs> situation. That's killer. That's killer. That's a testimony to that guitar. Now, how did the, um, how did the concept of mounting the wireless system in the guitar come about? Again, that was just uh, from necessity. It was from playing for years and years and years and just trying to figure out how to make things work for me. Um, and, you know, chords, I would, broke, I would break many chords on stage. Sometimes it's from just stamping around and step on it. Sometimes it's from slamming the input jack on your leg. Um, but chords just never really lasted very long <laughs> in a Dillinger show. And it was real pain in the ass. And it, not to mention we'd be tangled up, the mic cable would be tangled up with the guitar cable, and it would just restrict us on stage. So everyone was like, you need to get a wireless. You're the perfect person for a wireless. You should be using wireless. But I was really scared to use a wireless because I just really was like, you know, it, the same reason as my cords break, the same reason a wireless is to some degree, and um, so replace a cord than a wireless system. So I figured what I really need to do is, is mount this thing in the guitar so it's completely shielded from water, from abuse. Um, and, you know, by nature, it's a wireless unit, so it should work. <laughs> Regardless yeah. of whether it's in the guitar or out of the guitar. I mean, things go through walls, for God's sake. So uh, 
I started doing that, just hardwiring it into my guitars, and it eliminated 90 to 95% of all my problems I was having on stage. Yeah, and that's fantastic. I'm surprised that somebody hasn't thought of that sooner. Me yeah. too. I was really surprised. I was searching for it. You know, I did a patent search for it, and it just didn't exist. That's wow. So did you use the, this new guitar on the um, on the new record, One of Us is the Killer, or were you still using some of your old guitars? Yeah, I, I didn't actually have that guitar yet. Um, I was using the X-Dunks, and I have a lot of new parts, and um, I used a, a bunch of different guitars. But yeah, for the main, I, I actually didn't really have uh, a working version of that guitar specifically yet. Gotcha. And then, um, let's see, I guess you guys are currently on the Summer Slaughter Tour now, right? Yeah, we're about to leave for that in about a week. Excellent, excellent. So I'm sure you guys are really excited to get out there. Yeah, I actually am just recovering from a from a wrist, so I've been really working hard to uh, to get myself back in shape for the tour. So oh, I'm anxious wow. for sure. Well, excellent. Well, hey Ben, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, guys. So that closed out this show. I want to thank you all for listening here today. Um, I always have a great time putting these together. Can't believe I made it to episode 20. And I do want to give a shout out to Rock over on Radioactive Metal because he really has driven me a little bit when he called me out on their show for not putting out an episode in months. Um, even though I already had some in the works, it really did help light a fire. I've also talked very openly about the fact that um, the new app for my iPad, that Boss Jock, and I'm sure everyone's tired of hearing about it by now, but boy, do I love this app. Um, it is just a you know great app. And it's really allowed me that freedom to start putting episodes out faster. So that's really going to help me keep producing things in the future here. Um, speaking of apps, um, Agile Partners, who puts out Amp Kit, Guitar Toolkit, Tab Toolkit, uh, I think I believe it's Tab Toolkit, and uh, the Guitar World Lick of the Day app. Man, so those are all solid iOS apps. I own all of them, have them all on my iPad. In fact, I even have a couple on my work iPad um, because they're just great apps and, and you need them. Trust me when I say that. They sound great. They give you great tools if you're a guitar player. Um, but so they've been developing all kinds of other apps. They've decided to expand from the iOS onto the Mac OS. So I recently got a review copy of um, SteadyTune, which is a new app that Agile Partners is putting out for the Mac, and it's a tuner. So I actually reviewed that on the blog. You can go check that out there at signaltonoise.fm. And it's a heck of a little tuner is a heck of a little tuner. Right now the introductory price is five bucks in the Mac App Store, $4.99 technically. So definitely worth putting into your digital toolkit there. So guys, um, make sure you check out the Cast Iron Ring, castironring.com, you heard it at the top of the show. Lots of great shows out there like Iron City Rocks, um, Radioactive Metal, those two shows I talk about all the time, Focus on Metal, Weird Ways, uh, Mars Attacks Radio, The Bone Hand Heavy Half Hour, I'm sure I'm missing some other ones. Uh, what's the show in, from Daniel in Brazil? Wiki Metal. And if I'm missing anybody, I apologize. But seriously, lots of great content coming out. All, oh, Bob Nalbandian. Bob's shows, the Shockwaves family podcast. How can I forget that? But there's great, great content there coming out all the time. So check out castironring.com. Check out uh, my site, signaltonoise.fm. I'm trying to update the blog a lot more regularly and getting more content out there. I'll probably be sharing some of my thoughts on... Jill Janice and Thrown into Exile here soon, talking about just these these new bands that are coming out and, and uh, just how I appreciate musicianship. We'll be talking about that soon. So, um, till next time, guys. 
make some noise.